0: Go with me to the book of Job, chapter 1. The moment I mention that, let not your spirit go to a place where you're like, okay, <laughs> trials, persecution, what is it going to talk about? No, you know, just hold your horses, the horses of your mind and your brain before it goes to a location. Tell your brain and your mind that I'm going to go in the direction of, Of the Holy Spirit bringing the word and not my own logic. Okay. I'm going to read a few scriptures. And we will go from there. Are we a kind of people who can... We have to become a kind of people who know how to journey to the spirit realm through the word. That is a very powerful one. Okay. So... If you don't mind, can I ask you all to rise up to your feet to read the word today? You're going to do something different today. I want you to read the word with me. Even on Zoom, um, I know you're there in your room alone, but I just want you to uh, practice a different kind of a level where you will you will break your own limitations in your life. Okay, okay you're ready to read Job chapter 1? I'm going to read and if you can follow with me will be great. There was a man. I'm reading from NKJV. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and upright and one who feared God and shunned evil. And seven sons and three daughters were born to him. Also, his possessions were 7,000 sheep 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys and a very large household so that this man was the greatest of all, the people of the East. Wow! And his sons would go and feast in their houses each on his appointed day and would send and invite their three sisters To eat and drink with them. So it was, when the days of feasting had run their course, that Job would send and sanctify them, and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts, and thus Job did regularly. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, From where did you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Verse 8 Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? Verse 9. So Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Wow. Okay, you can be seated. I'm hearing the Holy Spirit say to somebody here, My child, why do you fear the unknown? I'm hearing the Holy Spirit say, My child, even for people on Zoom, Why do you fear the unknown? Don't you know I'm with you? Wow. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Don't fear the unknown people of God. God is with you. Amen. 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 Okay. My aim today is very uh, precise. I want to take take you to Job chapter 1 verse 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came among them them okay my aim is to take you there but before we go there i'm going to i'm just going to talk okay a few minutes you're ready yes. you're ready the bible is talking about this man called job the first time i read job i read it as job <laughs> <laughs> you're all so serious today <laughs> I said, I said, there was a man in the land of uz whose name was job i'm like what is this name you know i'm kidding that's It's the same pronunciation, Job and Job, right? It's interesting. So there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And there is a reputation this man is carrying. Mm -hmm. He's blameless Mm -hmm. and upright and one who feared God and shunned evil. The statement about this man's life is he feared God. And in King James Version, it says he he actually eschewed evil. I think that's what it says. And it talks about... So that is his number one goal. I mean, number one reputation. Okay. So it's talking about... Oh, there there, there it is. Um, yeah, the one who feared God and eschewed evil. His reputation... Before God talks about his wealth, God talks about the condition of his heart first. You with me? Powerful. He talks about that this man was blameless. He was upright. And the primary thing in his life was one who feared God. And everything that looked like evil, he rejected it. That was his life goal. Okay, and then it talks about, this is his heart condition. Then it talks about what he carried in his life. Okay, it talks about he had sons, daughters, and it talks about the wealth that he carried. Very, very, very large amount of wealth. In fact, it says, this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. Mm -hmm. So he was the richest, right? Setting some foundations. And then, if you continue to read, it talks about the lifestyle of his sons and daughters. The sons would have feasts in their house. You know, they would invite their sisters and they would eat and drink. And every time they would do this, this man, he started doing this. He would, after they finished eating and drinking, he would call all his children. He would do a sanctification for them. He's praying on their behalf. That whether, what if they sinned or done something wrong? And he would rise early in the morning, bring burnt offerings to every one of them. The reason was this. He said, "For, for Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their heart. Thus Job did regularly. Wow. He is so concerned that his kids might have cursed God in their party time. Okay, they're eating and drinking. What if they cursed God? He's so blameless. He's so upright. Very, very rich. And his priority was that that his even his kids should not sin against God. So he's sanctifying them. He's building all his altars. He's like, you know, praying to God. and And this is what he did regularly. Okay, so his number one thing was that nothing and no one should blame God. And everybody should, in his household, they should live righteous, upright. That was his deal. Okay, but with all of this, something happens to this man's life. Now we are ready to take off? Verse six, now you're ready? You're ready? You're talking about this man who was so rich, his lifestyle, what he had, amazing, Mm -hmm. right? People on Zoom, you're with me? Verse 6 says, this is very powerful. Now there was a day, everybody say a day. When the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. God called a day, a calendar day. He called a meeting in the heavens to have all his sons come and present themselves. One day. There was an appointed day. You're with me or are you all falling asleep? No, you're with me? People on Zoom, you're with me? There was one day, like you have one Sunday. There was one day, God appointed a day and he said, today I want all my sons to come and present themselves before me. The news here is that all his sons came whom God had created, his sons. I believe even Jesus was there. With another name. Because, okay, now already you're all looking at me. The name of Jesus was given to him when he arrived at earth. But he has another name, which is not known yet. In the Bible, in the book of Revelation, they call him as the lamb which was slain. They call him by other names. Okay, I think I already tripped you all for a second. The Bible says, God sent an angel and brought a name called Jesus, and it was given to the Son of God. Okay? And the Bible says, a name is given to Him, which is above every other name, that in the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. So a name was given to Him. Okay? Now keep that in the parking lot. That's not my message. I'm saying the sons. Are you with me now? Yes. You didn't trip out, right? No. <laughs> The sons of God came to present themselves. So there was a meeting called. When the ultimate boss called a meeting, everybody showed up. Everybody showed up. Guess what? This one extra person also showed up. And Satan also came among them. Does it sound normal? you know we have said in the presence of jesus satan is like shaking and crawling out of the room that's what our definition of our christianity is right yeah. think he is come to the presence of almighty god and he is not scared yeah i want you to think because we have assumed <laughs> Many things. But I want to decode certain things for you today so that you will know how to deal with your adversary. But more importantly, I want to give you something so that you will know about yourself. And I want to know that too. People on Zoom, you're with me? This is not telling me that Satan was fearful to come and stand before God. No. It says he also came among them. The question is why? Everybody say identity. Identity is access. I'll say it one more time. Identity in the kingdom of spirit, in the kingdom of heaven, is the ultimate key for access. You're so quiet now. Okay. It is not your qualification. It is your identity of yourself that qualifies you to enter the heavenlies. You're you're looking at me like as if, did he have the blood of Jesus now to enter the heavens here? Come on, talk to me. It's in your Bible. Is this in somewhere else? You're so quiet. It is here in the Bible, it clearly says that he entered into the very presence of God and he stood there and he was going to have a conversation and he did have a conversation with God and he did not run away. The reason you want to know why? He is very strong in his identity. Of what? He still believes is a creation like a son that belongs to God. No you you're okay yes. Yes. No matter what you think about Satan God created him as Lucifer the one who was to cover okay and he was created in a, such a beautiful magnificent way that he was very beautiful what hijacked him was his own Ambition and pride. We all know about that a little, right? No matter what God hijacked, he never let go of his identity in the book of Job. In this instance, when God called what? A meeting. There was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. Satan also came among them. I don't know if he came sneakily. I don't know if he came hiding himself like a son of God. But whatever it is, he came. Because he believed he had access to this God even now. After he was kicked out of heaven, he he still believed he had access. This is the number one reason why he so powerful. When you put yourself up against Satan, you do one small mistake. You will run away from God for the entire month. <laughs> he is the chief of all sinners. Is he not? Yeah, he is. But he is not ashamed to present himself before God. Some of you are laughing, some of you are so serious, I don't know. So there is a difference one's identity can do when you become strong in it. Even that God will look at somebody called Satan and say, he's so strong in his identity that I created him and he wants to still appear and stand before him. And God is not like, where is the biggest hammer to smash him? God is like, and the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? Do you see this? God, you know, from, you know, like God asked him, from where do you come? God is not an unjust God. You are ready with your seatbelts on? What does the blood of Jesus do? Talk to me. Why should it wash you? To give you what? Access. How does that access come? How does that identity come? Because you feel now you're holy. Come on now, I'm I'm really talking to you. Real conversation. The moment you say, Lord, forgive me. you feel like you're forgiven and you apply the blood and you say lord the blood of jesus has washed me now i am sinless and i am blameless now god should give me access is this not the truth then when you believe that then you go to god so what is the blood of jesus actually doing for you yes it is blotting away our sins The problem of sin is removed and grants access. You all gave me the right answers. It gives you identity of what you belong to God. That you are a property of God and you have a connection with God. This guy did not need the blood of Jesus. Yeah. He did not need the blood of Jesus to access God. He went to God because he's super strong with his identity that no matter how much I'm messed up, I'm still part of God's creation. With that identity, or is this too much for you all? This gave him access to God. And in fact, when God is talking to him, he has the audacity to even answer God. You and I, when our identity is not right, we don't have a conversation with God. We are in running mode. We are in hiding mode. We are in condemnation and guilt mode. We never want to have anything to do with God. And all that thing that you don't want to do with God is being given by the accuser. The one who accuses you before God day and night and the same guy has no accusation. He accuses everybody. You, you are like this. You're like that. You're so messed up. You're the worst. You're this. Look, you cannot follow this. You cannot do that. You're so imperfect. You're so wrong. He will tell you all that. But he, when he comes, he has no ounce of accusation on himself the chief of all sinners, but he doesn't care. He's like, that's not me, it's them. And I will come freely walking before God. Do you see how Satan works? He is so powerful because we buy into his lies. We buy into his accusations, which is trying to kill you, dislocate you out of your identity. And cast you away from God with his inputs. And with his invitation to take you away from God. That is his real job. He is successful because we partner with him. But if you ask him, even today, why he roams around the earth like it is his own belonging, is because he has that identity so strong. He thinks it is still everything is his. Are you learning something? Yes. When he met Jesus, the son of God. Oh, I have to tell you his tenacity and boldness. He said, worship me. And I will give you what? Everything. What was he talking out of? Identity. Identity. God is saying, I give you dominion, go subdue, you know, have everything. And we are all like, okay, we don't know. But when you come to, when you talk to Satan, he's like, yeah, everything belongs to me. So strong in his identity, to the extent that he has an argument with Jesus, if you are the beloved Son of God, worship me and I will give you everything. The tenacity to tell the son of God, I will give you everything is a statement of identity, which does not even belong to him. But his identity is as if it is his. He's talking to the owner of all owners. And he comes and says, I'm still the owner of this. This kind of identity that he carries makes him a very strong accuser. You touch something that belongs to him. He will come and tell you, you took that from me. I am the owner of this. That is why he goes to heaven and accuses us day and night before God. Very strong in his identity. Now, you got to see here. Are you learning something? People on Zoom, are you with me? Mm -hmm. Clearly, God didn't invite him. To come that day. He invited himself. Identity. We are all sitting and waiting. God, when will I grow to the next level? Lord, do this for me. Do that for me. And this one, I'm just walking in. To wherever I want to have access. Identity. This is the reason... The Bible says, come boldly before the throne room of grace. If there is anything that we as believers we lack is to approach God with boldness. Come on now, if you can decode this, I will tell you, he can make you feel like the worst sinner and the worst failure in the world. But if you will not accept that identity and you say, I am still a child of God. That is your breaking point against every accusation of the enemy. You know what is he good with? Labeling people. He will label somebody as something and he has his tactics. 24 bar 7 to repeat that, to proclaim it, to decree it and declare it. Where did he learn all that from? He's a good imitator of God. Wow. How God functions, Satan loves to function in the same way. If God wants to decree and declare, he's also there to decree and declare. He is a good imitator. He right now in this one scripture that we, we, we read, he came and imitated as the son of God. He was kicked out, but he still came. No invitation, no permission, but he imitated, no, I'm still God's creation. I'm just going to walk in. And when God asked him, he's not like, oh, so sorry, I came in. So, so I'm very sorry, sir. You called me and I, uh, you called, I just got invitation sneakily. I came in. No, God asks him a question and he straight out answers God boldly. Where, from where did you come? And Satan answered and said, from going to and fro on the earth, from walking walking back and forth on it. Wow. Wow. He's clear. Hey, can you be clear in who you are tonight? The thing is, we have made this thing The incidents in a life, we have made it an event of our lifetime. This is the reason, can I step on your toes? The grace of God doesn't work like the way it is supposed to work. Because the grace is present, but you kill it because you have this notion that I am this and I am that. And the grace that has come to equip you and to lift you, you cancel it out by your own false beliefs that you say, this does not work for me. Who said so? You yourself said it. Okay, now now why did God ask Satan that question? Okay, verse 8 says, Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? Guess what? God calls for a meeting to have with his sons. All of them are quiet now. And one guy is talking. In fact, he hijacked the whole meeting. Identity. He's so strong in who he is. He doesn't care about the judgment in the room next to him. You're not talking to me. He's not cared about... The condemnation. Everybody else is saying, "This is the guy who 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 badmouthed God, and this is what he did." So the the moment he comes, you know, he, he everybody in the room is looking at him and saying, "Hey, this is Satan here. He's come as a son of God, uninvited to into this meeting," and they are all judging. But he's like nonstick. Do you hear? Remember the word I gave you? non-stick, teflon-coated Christian. This is the teflon coating. They do it on cars, right? They do teflon coating, nothing sticks. Like that. He's like, I don't care what you are telling about me. I am here because I want to be here. Uninvited, I'm, I'm here. And nobody else is talking at this moment. He's the only person standing up bold enough to have a clear conversation with God. My beloved, my beloved, As amazing as this sounds, if we can get this level of confidence, we will be powerful Christians. The reason we don't see our faith move mountains, our declarations push out and break forth certain things, is because somewhere when we are even speaking it, we lack confidence in ourselves. Can you stare in the eyes of your enemy and be confident of your identity and say, not today, Satan, no matter what you're saying, no matter what your judgments are on me, it shall not come to pass because I am strong in my identity. Can we learn to rise up like that? That is why I'm showing you a part of actually Satan's side that we should look and say, my goodness, where did he get this from? He learned this from God. Wow. Okay. Now, this is what the Bible goes to say. Um, God says in verse 8, Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on earth, a blameless and upright man, who one who fears God and shuns evil? Listen. God already knows that Satan had targeted Job. You know, you have read and heard many preachers say that God gave him permission to go and attack. But what if I tell you that he had already tried? You're all looking at me surprised. It is true. I'll show you it in the same Bible. People say, God told Satan, God allowed Satan to attack Job, right? And then we said, okay, God let him do it. But guess what? Satan had already tried it multiple times. It didn't work. Verse 10, okay, verse 9. Okay, let's read verse 9. So Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear God for nothing? And then verse 10 says, have you not made a hedge around him? Around his household and around all that he has on every side. You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. How did he you know that? Do you see this? So God is saying, have you considered Job? God was not asking him to consider. This is the wrong um Even I was thinking like that for some time. But later on, when I read the Bible, I realized, oh, wait a minute. God was not suggesting Satan to consider to attack Job. Mm -hmm. Basically, God was saying, you've already attacked him. So what is your opinion of him? Have you considered? God was already saying, where did you come from? To and fro on the earth. Oh, then definitely you have checked out. My son called Job. Yeah. Definitely you know that he hates you to the core. Yeah. Definitely you know that he is a lover of me. So what have you considered? And then Satan's response was, Oh, I have considered known that he fears God for nothing. And I think it is because you have put a hedge around him and you have blessed him. Hey, how did you know there was a hedge around him? You tried many times, right? <laughs> You tried attacking him multiple times. It didn't work. All your weapons failed. All your ideas failed. And every time you try to curse him, the blessing stayed strong. And Satan is like, I've tried everything. It didn't work. Then he says, and then he says, but now stretch out your hand and touch all he has. And surely he'll curse you. So I want you to see a side of him. You ready for this? He was reasoning with God. Do you think this is an argument? No, help me. Help me here. Do you think Satan was arguing with God now? If he had tried for a second, it would have been bad for him. But he was reasoning. The accuser's strength is in reasoning in your own brains. You're looking at me as if you don't know. I have not gone through it. You do something wrong. You sit and reason. And you think you're having your own conversation. Is it you, my brother? Or is it the accuser has come sneaked in and now he's having a cool conversation. He's reasoning. If he can reason with God, he has all the ability to reason with your own brain, with your own head. And you will begin to have conversations in your head and you will think, Oh, such a worst sinner I am. Wait a second. Who is having this reasoning? He is in fact sitting and reasoning with God. The strength of the accuser is what? Super confident. Doesn't take one ounce of accusation on himself. Strong in his identity of who he is. Not the bad identity. He's still the son of God. You know, God made him in the beginning. And then he still thinks he's the boss. Jesus comes, he tells, if you want, you worship me, I'll give you everything. Do you see the audacity? And what is he doing? Right now, he's sitting and reasoning with God. When God asks him, what have you tried to do to Job? He's like, "Ah, oh, I've tried many things, it's not worked. And then in that, he reasons with God and he says, if you try these things, I'm for sure he will curse you. Oof! He's such a player, you know. He's playing a conversation with God and, but you know, God is God. And God lets him, says, okay. And you know, you've read this, right? You've been in the church circles. You've read this many times. And you know everything that follows in Job's life. But do you know something? Hmm. Come on, pray in the spirit for 30 seconds. People on Zoom, you're with us. Oh, come on, come on. Lift up your voices and pray. What is about to come to you is mighty. What is about to come to me is mighty. You are decoding the power of identity tonight. You're looking at somebody who's so strong in his identity. But God is giving us an opportunity tonight to be strengthened in our identity of Him so that we can overcome this accuser. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Long time ago, I heard a story of... Um, Let me close it. Let me close it. Long time ago, I heard a story. The story was a servant who was there at home was taking care of a kid. Okay. She was like the chief servant. And the kid asked for a glass of milk and she gave it to the kid. And the kid spilled the milk. The servant was very mad because she had to clean it. And she screamed, she stomped the floor and she acted very aggressive. The child was very intimidated. Later on, again, there was another instance, same way. The child spilled the milk one more time. This time the child was in fear. And in this whole incident, the servant was no more the caretaker, but the servant became the boss in that moment of that milk spilled few times. Now, without the knowledge of this little one, the little one started growing in control, fear, manipulation, all of that, you name it, intimidation, being dominated by the servant girl. So, and, this, and the child lived in guilt of everything she would do and everything the servant called her. Now, after many years, The servant left. And the girl was behaving in the same way. Fearful in the house. Fearful to take something, eat something, do whatever. That fear what she experienced from this from this person had gotten hold of her. She was tiptoeing around the house, behaving exactly. So one day the mother sat down. And said, hey, what's your problem? Why are you behaving like this? And the girl is like, oh, no, no, no. I wonder... Mother is like, what's going on? Why are you behaving like this? And the girl finally said, because everything I do is a mess. Mm-hmm. And the mother asked, who said this to you? Oh, the servant whom you put over me. Mm-hmm. And so why are you thinking like that? And... The girl said, you see, there was a day I asked for a big glass of milk. She was not willing to give, but I forced her and she gave me a big glass of milk. And the moment I took it, I spilled it. Mm -hmm. That day onwards began this. And the mom said, "So, so what is the big deal if you lost a glass of milk? No, because I had done this and I was scared that she would come and tell you. You're with me? And then, the mother said, my dear child, the day that glass of milk fell and broke, I had seen it, and I knew about it, and I didn't make a big deal out of it. But you, you getting this? Made a big deal of it with that servant. But you forgot I am your mother. I am the ultimate boss in the house. It is okay if you messed up. Why didn't you come and clarify with me? You're all still dreaming about something today. (laughs) So the thing is, this accuser in the middle was so powerful because he gave you an interpretation of your God. That he's going to be mad at you like the mother will be mad at you for dropping that milk. While all the way, our father in heaven knows every mess, every failure, every time we are messed up. He has seen it all and he doesn't even bother about it. But who allowed you to have a conversation with the accuser day and night? And you built a theology in your own surroundings, in your own atmosphere. Now he reigns around you like an ultimate boss. And you have allowed him to control you. I I don't know if this is helping anybody here. Is this helping somebody? Whereas God, our God is sitting and saying, I know what you did. And I don't think it's a big deal. So what? I'll give you another glass of milk. But you went and had the conversation with the accuser. And accuser, that's what I'm saying. Having a conversation in your brain, in your mind, in and out. And all of a sudden, you're given the power for the accuser to dominate you, to suppress you, to have power over you. And now you're sitting and thinking, I am not worthy. I don't have access. This doesn't belong to me. I am the wrong one. And now that slave has become the master. You shall not let that happen in your life anymore from tonight onwards. In the mighty name of Jesus. That is why the Lord said, Who made you a boss over my people? When he looked at the Pharisees and the scribes, he said, Who made you the boss over my children? For you guys to accuse her. That is why when when they brought the sinful lady to his feet, he said, He who is without sin, let him be the first one. Who made you the boss to command a judgment on her? I am the one who is much holy, blameless, the perfect one who should be stoning her to death. And I am not even thinking about it. Who are you that you dare to think about my child in this fashion? Tonight, may you rise up in your identity and take that identity that belongs to you back in the name of Jesus. Come on now. Pray in the spirit. Worship him. You are giving power to somebody who does not have it over you. Stop it, says the spirit of God tonight. Stop the accuser from having power over you. I command your mind to go free tonight from every accusation of the devil, from every voice of the serpent. Come out in the mighty name of Jesus. Rekorianta Rebaniata Oh, Zeko People on Zoom, may it be the night that you're coming out of every accusation. You're building your identity back. Take back what belongs to you tonight in the name of Jesus. Look at this. God says, He who is without sin, let Him be the first person. Do you know something? This Satan who is accusing you. Is he a perfect one? How dare he still accuses you? I am giving you an identity tonight. That when the slave, that servant comes like that comes and tells you you spill the milk you should say so what i have a god i have a mother i have a father whom i'm accountable to i'm going them and telling them what i've did who are you to talk to me oh, come on now you got to look in the eyes of the accuser and say i know who i am i know whose i am i know where i belong come on now You won't take me out of my seat of authority. I know who I am. What qualifies you? What qualifies you to fight this accuser? What qualifies you? The blood of Jesus. Come on now. Are you free in your mind tonight? I already feel some things were shred apart. And that is amazing. We thank God for that. Your identity, 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 identity. I'm telling you, identity is power. Identity is dominion. Identity will give you your authority back. Yeah, go to Hebrews chapter 4. Identity will tell you to command your job to come back to you. Identity will tell you To say that this belongs to me and I'm not taking a no for it. Identity will tell you that, hey, I am a child of God. And I'm called to live an abundant, prosperous, victorious life. I'm not bothered about your opinion, Satan. Come on. (laughs) Seeing, okay, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest. Wow. Who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Can I ask you a very frank, bold question to all of you here and people on Zoom? Why do you pay so much attention to Satan than to Jesus? When it comes about accusation, have you thought When he accuses you, you run miles with it. But have you forgotten in the same capacity there is a high priest? Oof, come on now. Think for a second. I want you to think. I want you to think. The moment you do something in your life, what's the first thing? Oh, I messed up. And the accuser is so close. Hey, but have you shifted to become mature enough in the Lord, that you will look at Hebrews chapter 4, 14 and say, seeing that we have a great high priest. Yes, yes, you have an accuser. Hey, but look to the other side. There is a great high priest who's standing and the Bible talks about his reputation. Can I read his reputation? Who has passed through the heavens. Ah, you don't know why I screamed. I screamed because Satan tried to climb the throne higher than God and he was cast down. But there is Jesus who went higher than the heavens, who went higher than the highest. You you didn't get what I just said. (laughs) Lucifer said, I will try to go above the throne of God so I can be like God and he was dethroned. And he's standing as a strong accuser. But here is Jesus and his reputation is seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through in humility. Yes, you're not still getting it. Satan, help them, help them, help my people. Satan tried to go over this throne and God booted him out, Lucifer, and he became satan the accuser Amen. but now here is jesus who has passed through the heavens yes. higher than every high thing yes. jesus the son of god yes. he is there on our side yes. the one who failed to climb over a chair stands next to you and accuses you and you have given him so much power in your mind having conversations day and night And you are so fearful. But look to the other side. There is another high priest who is fighting, speaking, declaring, and decreeing on your behalf. He says you will fail. And Jesus is saying, by my blood he shall rise. She shall rise in restoration, in power, in authority. Because they are my children, washed by the blood. Broken they might be. But I will call beauty out of ashes. There is a high priest. Standing on your behalf. Why do you look not at him? Because he wants to be so close. Walking to and fro on the earth. This is the only territory he has known. And he makes the most of it. But may you be loosed night out of every accusation because the high priest wow we have a great high priest not just any high priest great high priest who has passed through the heavens jesus the son of god and the bible says something let us hold fast our confession everybody say confession Confession. where is can we bring up kjv my goodness i feel something right now what I'm about to give you came to me this afternoon in a second from the Spirit of God, okay? it just entered my spirit and shook me to my core. Mm-hmm. You ready? Yes. Seeing then that we have a great high priest, you understood that? Yes. The guy who tried to climb over the chair and fell, yeah. he's accusing you. And we are like, oh my goodness. And we're having all arguments in our head. Okay. But there's somebody who's passed through the heavenlies. It is Jesus Christ, the son of God. And then my Bible says this. I hope it's also in your Bible. It's for sure there in KJV. (laughs) You're all so serious today. You want to read this with me? People on Zoom, I am looking at all of you. Okay. Let's read. Okay. Let us hold fast our profession Not just confession. Oof! Can somebody define me your profession? Ah, this is power, I tell you. You go and ask a dentist. They lived a life, and they studied some degrees on their thermometer. (laughs) Okay, you didn't get my joke. they studied so much, and you go and ask them, you know? Who are you? I'm a dentist. Who made you a dentist? Because that is my profession. So what is your identity? That is my identity. I am a dentist. You'll get it in a few seconds, what I'm about to say. They confessed something. (laughs) They professed something. And they studied something. And they embraced something. And they said, I'm a dentist today. Okay, your confession should not just remain as a confession, I'm washed with the blood of Jesus. It should become a profession. You are not getting it. I am finding my English words to explain it. You embrace it to a level where your confession becomes you. Oh, come on now. I am washed. I'm saved by the blood of Jesus. It's not just saying it. It is your profession. I am a child of God. I am a Shekho Riyanche Rebe. You begin to talk about your words. Those are not just your confessions anymore. That is your profession. That is your vocation. That is who you are. And whatever is not your profession and confession, that's who you are not. Wow. Wow. So when the accuser comes standing before you, can you embrace your profession? I am washed saved but you know baptized in the blood of jesus i am a son and a daughter of god satan you're no more place in me no power over me no unsettled claims against my life i am a child of the living god it is not just a confession with my emotions this is my profession this is who i am there is no going back out of this this is my identity satan And the Bible says, let us hold fast our profession. You know why? The amount in which you decree and declare is the amount in which Jesus has already won it for you. The amount in which you decree and declare your confession and hold on to that profession is the amount in which the Lord has already promoted you in the heavenlies. So every time you mess up and he comes and you decree and declare who you are, Jesus is saying that is who they are. And his accusations fall in the chair level. And your confession, proclamation, declaration stands in the heavenly realms. Because Jesus was passed higher, says, okay, he's saying that. That is one level of report. But I come from a higher report. A superior word is being spoken over life. And yours being said, justified, cleansed, cleaned. Everything that you're expecting, God speaks it over you. So let me help you to understand this. Verse 16 says, um, okay, verse 15. For we do not have a high priest... Who cannot sympathize with our weakness. Hey, there is layers added to it. But was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Is this Bible telling you to come boldly to the throne of grace when you're perfect? Help me. (laughs) It's actually telling you hold on to your confession, hold on to your profession. And just walk in. That's exactly what he did. This is exactly what Satan did in the book of Job. Connect the dots. You're, 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 You're with me or what? Where is it? You know, this is exactly what Satan did. Right? This is exactly what Satan did in the book of Job. He came boldly. Holding on to his confession. Holding on to his profession. Who is he? I'm a creation. God, you made me. You called me Lucifer. Like the most beautiful one. You called me to be like the one who covers and have dominion. With that identity, I'm holding on to that confession. I'm holding on to that profession. And I'm walking boldly before God. And God is like, okay, you can be in the company. You can stay in that meeting. I'm not booting you out yet. Do you see the difference? Now Jesus, the word of God is telling us, we need to come our confessions and our professions so boldly that we walk in the same level to the throne room of where? This is what the Bible says. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Wow. People of God, if we don't have a grace, it is because we are not accessed it. Okay, it hurts, but I'll say it. If you don't see the grace of God manifest in a certain area, it is because you're not gone boldly for it. But God is saying, I am, tonight it's a prophetic service. I don't know who is listening to this, but God is telling you, He has the throne room of grace available for you. But you have to come to Him boldly with your confession, with your profession. Your confession in your mouth is your access. Not just when it remains as a confession. When it becomes your? Every time people say, this is my profession. What are they telling? This is my embraced identity. This is who I have become. This is who I am. Become your confession. Become your profession in God. And come to the throne room of God boldly. And may God give you the grace to come and receive help in the time of need. So let no more from today. Shall your identity go defeated. May your identity rise up from today. That when the accuser comes, you will run to the high priest. And you'll stand from his courts and decree and declare your confessions and your professions. And with that comes access. Hallelujah. May your access be unlocked tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. You have not because you have not accessed it. But tonight you are accessing it not because you're condemned not because you're guilty not because you're perfect not because you're you know blameless but because you know there is a confession in your mouth there is a profession in your mouth and there is jesus christ the son of god who has gone higher in the heavenlies and he promotes you he qualifies you come on Rebo sick rise up to your feet healing can you confess your healing Can you confess your deliverance? Can you confess it and make it your profession, saying, I am delivered, I am saved, I'm set free? I see a scroll in the hands of an angel. And I also see a negative one, also, with another black scroll. I don't know for whom this is but I know it to great extent. But will you go to the one who is light? Will you walk away from everything that is spoken over you negative and embrace the confession and profession of your faith? There's that scroll waiting every report that the enemy wants to establish over your life you can cancel it tonight and you are it's beautiful keep playing it God your people are here my goodness the presence of God is filling this room You need to speak and embrace that scroll what your high priest is writing in the heavenlies.